Hi everyone! Hey guys, welcome back to Flick Talk with your favourite hosts, Fee and Belle. I'm Fee. And I'm Belle. <laughs> and today we are looking at Footloose, um, the original um, Footloose that was released in 1984. Mm-hmm. So um, we hope you guys have had a chance to watch it and um, just stick with us as we dive into it and do the usual dissection of the movie (laughs) exactly there we go um okay um so Belle what did you think of this 80s rom-com I didn't I I wasn't a fan (laughs) I wasn't a fan it's 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 very interesting when you watch a movie without really thinking about the plot and you just watch it just because it's on telly and you're just you know just Mm -hmm. like looking for something to just watch and not really concentrate but Mm. watching it concentrating on it and actually analyzing it i was like this is such a weak storyline like yeah it's it just and it's two hours of teenagers just wanting to petition to go to a prom and dance like that's it that is it like guys i mean if you haven't watched it you're not missing anything Mm -hmm. honestly yeah but yeah i i just wasn't a great fan but fee what were your thoughts yeah i think i'm there with you i think like this is a i feel like this is a real like reused plot line like i've seen it so many times Mm -hmm. i think that's why right now i'm a bit like jaded towards it but I think if I probably have seen it when I was younger, because um, I have cousins mm. and stuff that were like young and like that brought, were brought up on this movie, so I'm sure I've seen it. But I think it is the nostalgia attached to it, like how we reacted to Princess right. Diaries, and like some people might not love it, but like for us, it was really, it was really good because of the nostalgia. I'm guessing this is the same, and that's why it's been so popular and such a big part of pop culture um but yeah let's let's dive into it and then we'll see um so as usual i'm gonna start us off um just the abouts and yeah some info about the movie um i'm gonna start us off apologies I did not do this in the last episode because I really actually forgot. Um, so I'm going to start us <laughs> off in, uh, with a description of the movie. For those of you who haven't um, watched the movie, that was a smart choice. Um, no, I'm joking. You should actually just watch the movie. I think it's like a you have it's like a thing that you have to do in life. Um, but yeah, here we go. Um, so. Um, This is from IMDb. So it says, A classic tale of teenage rebellion and repression features a delightful combination of dance, choreography, and realistic touching performances. Is this a review or a description? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my... Okay, sorry. It is a description. When teenager Ren McCormack... That is a really tough one to say. And his family move from big city Chicago to a small Midwestern town. He's in for a real case of culture shock though he tries uh though he tries hard to fit in the streetwise wren can't quite believe he's living in a place where rock music and dancing are illegal however there is one small pleasure you ariel (laughs) ariel moore a troubled but lovely blonde with a jealous boyfriend and the bible bible thumping minister as a father who is responsible for keeping the town dance free wren and his classmates want to do away with this ordinance especially since the senior prom is around the corner but only Ren has the courage to initiate a battle to pro- to abolish the outmoded ban and revitalize the spirit of the repressed townspeople okay that's a really weird wording but um <laughs> do you think that's apt Belle? well yeah I mean there's not much to it Fee so I think I think whoever wrote that was very, um, very generous with trying to like spread out the yep. description because I don't think I could have had that many words to say about. <laughs> there was a smaller one that literally was just like, um, oh, I think 
So the first two sentences I said, I think the, that was like the smallest one. So it's the classic tale of re- teenage rebellion and repression features a delightful combination of dance choreography and realistic and touching performances. So that is, was the shortest review that I yeah. found. Um, but I thought for the listeners that might have not mm-hmm. watched the movie, I thought that would have, the second one would have been received. A lot well. more detailed, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to move on to the director um who directed this movie <laughs> um <laughs> um so it was directed by herbert Ross, who is a renowned film and broadway choreo- choreographer i can't say this word um uh yeah so he um worked on like his main kind of career I guess success was adapting like famous Broadway plays and then um, into um, films such as Footloose and Steel Magnolias, which is one of my favorites. It's made it into one of my favorite movies. Um, I only watched it, I think, when we were in quarantine last year. So 2020. Um, And it's got Dolly Parton, Julia Roberts, um, Sally, Sally Fields. Is that her name? Sally Fields. Um, I know the name, yeah. She's in a lot of things. She's just name. amazing. Um, but yeah, that is one of her best mm. like performances. So, Steel Magnolias, guys. Um, funny Lady with um, Babs, Barbara Streisand. Um, Protocol with, um, I think that was Goldie Horn, like when she was like 1980s or something. Not she was, sorry, in the 1980s. And Secrets of My Success with Michael J. Fox. Um, so it's produced by Louis J. Richmill and Craig Zidane. Um, it was written by Dean Pitchford, um, who also is um, a prominent songwriter in Broadway and film. Um, so I think he, I think he wrote like the songs of the foot of footloose in like on the theater and stuff um and then i think so it was initially it was his idea to um to make footloose into a film um and i think they pitched it to fox but then i think um 20th century fox like they the production company they didn't Mm. go for it or they totally like reworked it and it wasn't the intended vision i guess um so they moved on with paramount which um is my next point so it was distributed Mm. by paramount pictures so it was set on a budget of 8.2 million dollars and the most surprising factor that i thought the box office made 80 million dollars and i know i'm saying only 80 million dollars but like oh this is like a real phenomenon in pop culture and the way it's like talked about you know i would have expected it in the hundreds but then but then we have to consider it was 1984 when this came out um so yeah um the film was primarily primarily shot um in utah county um utah the state um and yeah so um so it was actually based on a true story, kind of. Um, oh, okay. That's interesting. It was based, not on the story, but it was based on a town called Elmore City, Oklahoma. Um, right. The town had banned dancing since its founding in 1898 in an attempt to decrease the amount of heavy drinking. That really doesn't make sense, but okay. That, yeah, I don't <laughs> see the correlation, but okay. I've got you there, Val, because Odd. the assum- like the assumption, the generic assumption of this, um, the passing of the law was basically like uh, backed on the premise of no, and it's quoted, so it says, no good has ever come from a dance. If you have a dance, somebody will crash it and they'll be looking for only two things. Women and booze. When boys and girls hold each other, they get sexually aroused. You can believe what you want, but one thing leads to another. And then oh my goodness. They um that's why they banned it. Um and because this was like such a phenomenon and 
this was just crazy in like I think it was like probably yeah around 1980 in February 1980 um this um this like made national news and um I think they were finally granted and they were like they could like hold their own prom um and yeah they could dance again that is crazy yeah I can't believe it's actually it actually happened no have you uh did you go to your prom I went to yeah so we yeah we had a year 11 prom yeah, same. We had a year yeah. eleven problem. Yeah, and was it se- I, um, filled with sexually aroused teenagers? No, that. So I went to a girls' school. So I oh. mean, that wasn't even like possible. Yeah, I mean, we were all just like dressed up. Oh, I think, that's I can't cute. remember if you could. I can't remember if you could like bring a a date. I can't remember, but I remember I um I deliberately wanted to wait to get my dress because I was like oh I don't want to buy it too early because I'm gonna like end up wearing the same dress as someone <laughs> do you know what I wore the same colour but um yeah I ended up yeah, with the dress I ended up like yeah. leaving it wanting to like leave it to like just a few weeks before because I was like I by yeah. this point everyone would have gotten their dresses and you know this you is know, why I don't yeah. shop locally and no one's gonna end up wearing the same thing as me what happens we were it was what's what was funny is there was a girl that so what happened was there was a girl that um was at school and she was like oh i bet someone's gonna come in the same dress as me i bet someone's gonna come in the same dress as me and she said it a few times and i was like oh yeah it's definitely not gonna be me because i'm sorted i'm like (laughs) i'm i know i'm gonna get my dress in the last few weeks it'll be fine so um i (laughs) So we end up at the prom. We have the same dress on. Oh no! And I, I, we I'm sure best. we were the only two. Oh gosh, me obviously. Of course, of course, Belle. Of course, you wore Belle. Hello, but um, I yeah, we I I'm sure we were the only two that had the same dress on. Oh my god! So I think next so time funny. I'll just have to. I'll just have to like, plan ahead. Way ahead. Way ahead. That's <laughs> yeah, so true though. Like one of my that's friends. That's story time for you all. One of my friends, like she was so crazy to the point that she didn't even tell any of us like what what her dress was. Like we all would always discuss it in like IT and stuff. And like mm. we'd be like, oh my God, I got this dress and it's like purple, whatever. And she would like, she was just like, I'm not telling anyone because someone might buy it. And I'm like, oh no goodness. one's going to buy it. Like, oh it's my just, goodness. Like she's also the no one, one else person. wants to dress like you exactly, <laughs> and she's also the one person that went all out, like spent around three hundred, four hundred pounds, like getting oh, proper wow. ready, like professional makeup, professional hair, um, manicure. Whereas I was like on the stingy side, and I got my dress off of eBay. <laughs> Shout out eBay. Mm. Um, my sister did my makeup, which is why my foundation is like three shades white. Like, it's oh ridiculous. Oh. Um, and I think my sister did my hair as well. And, um, but yeah, that was my story. I don't think our, our problem was as like people are making. I think it literally was just a, it was just a big dance party, and people, like, I feel like that prom night, like everyone just like let go of their issues with each other and then like just had mm. fun. Mm. Um. And yeah, it was a really nice prom night. Um, oh, good. Mine, yeah, mine was good. It was nice, pleasant. Everyone was very um, chilled out, dancing, relaxed. Yeah. Anyways, segueing back to our film of this week. Um, so yeah, at the end, they all got their junior prom, which is very. Um, mm-hmm. So now I'm going to move on to the cast. So obviously, leading man, T-Mobile, <laughs> adverts, <laughs> um, hero. Um, we have Mr. Kevin Bacon as Ren McCormack. Um, we have Laurie Singer um, as Ariel Moore. Um, we have Diane Wist as um, oh her name oh, sorry as Vi Moore. Uh, John Lithgow as Reverend Shaw Moore. (laughs) 
Chris Penn as Willard Hewitt. Um, young SJP as Rusty, which is a fine name. She looks exactly the same. She looks exactly yeah. the same. Um, John Lawlin mm-hmm. as Woody. Um, Elizabeth Gorsey as Wendy Joe. Frances Lee McCain as Ethel McCormack. Jim Youngs as Chuck Cranston. Um, Timothy Scott as Andy. Sorry. Edit. Timothy Scott as Andy um, Bemis. Andrea Hayes as Bart Patron. Um, obviously, as we would imagine, the um, casting could have been different. Mm. Um, we could have se- seen Tom Cruise play this role. Or we could have seen... Oh, I don't know how I feel about I know. that. He, I think, so he was about to do this movie, but then um, he... I think, I, I can't remember the movie name, but um, it was another famous movie, of course. Surprise, surprise. Mm. Um, so he probably, he couldn't do this movie because he was filming All the Right Moves. Um, mm. uh, Rob Lowe auditioned three times and had dancing ad- ability. Um, and the neutral teen look that the director wanted but injury prevented him for, from taking the role um wow yeah um kevin bacon was offered um well he was offered the main role mm. for another movie at the time um it was a stephen king film um but oh i think God. everyone basically persuaded him to do this role because this would be his kind of claim to fame as people like to say um but there was like one producer that was like oh he's not as hot Mm. as the other two um and apparently the director heather um ross had to persuade her um to go with bake which is kind of funny in addition to playing um ariel so a lot of people kind of auditioned for this role including madonna that is crazy that's I don't know how Madonna. I see the rebellious bit. Like yeah, I think she would have done that especially well. during that time in the eighties. I I can see yeah. that. And her hair and stuff. I think that would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Have you mm. seen A League of Their Own? I have not. No. Is she in that? Yeah. How's her acting? Oh. Oh. Um. I love Madonna, but please. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. Um, <laughs> um, so other actresses auditioning to play this role were Melanie, Melanie Griffith, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jamie Lee Curtis, which w- would have been interesting. Um, I could see that. Rosanna Arquette. And yeah, I, think, I could see I that. think she was quite big during that time as well, wasn't she? Like everyone knew Jamie Lee. Um, and I think because she did Halloween, like all the Halloween movies... Yeah. Um. So others were Meg Tilly, Julia Louise, uh, sorry, Julia Louis Dreyfus, which is interesting, Heather Locklear, um, Meg Ryan. Um, that would have been interesting. Jennifer Jason, um, Lee, Jodie Foster. That's no, she would have been around twenty-ish, so that would have been fine. Um, Phoebe Cates, Tatum O'Neill, Bridget Fonda, Laurie Laughlin, Lol. Uncle, what was her name? Aunt, um, Aunt, Aunt Lord, Aunt, um, what's her name? Aunt, Liz- Aunt no, um, Aunt Lizzie, no, Aunt Becky, um, it's Aunt, it Becky? Aunt Becky, yes. Oh my god, that's such a guess. It's, no, I'm sure, it, I mean, the fact that we said it at the same time, hold on, is it I have Aunt to Becky? look this I think up. it is Aunt I, Becky. I'm sure it's Aunt Becky, mate. Becky, the thing is, Becky's been ruined yeah, by Beyonce for me. <laughs> It is Becky. Sorry, it's it was Laurie Becky. Laughlin, um, Diane Lane, and Brooke Shields were also considered for the part of Ariel. Um, got a, like two or three facts. I've probably got two facts about this movie. Um, so the dancing feet in the opening credit sequence contained many of the cast and crew. Over a hundred and fifty different pairs of feet were shot. The dancer with the gold shoes was Kenny Loggins who I guess was choreographer, I think, in this on this movie, on the set. Um, in a 2000 interview with Howard Stern, Kevin Bacon admitted that he has actually tipped DJs at weddings 
not to play Footloose, he stated <laughs> that people expect him to dance the song as he did in the movie. In truth, while he did do some of the dancing, there were also a dancing double for him as well. Right. Rumor has it that he apparently had like five um, stunt doubles during the uh, movie because of those that gymnastic scene. And yeah, I was about to say, scenes. yeah, those gymnastic scenes. I was like, is that really him? That is, yeah. It's just, mm. I was like, how can you do that? That's, yeah. I don't know. Right. Um, none of the stars in this movie are professional dancers. Laurie Singer, Kevin Bacon, Sarah Jessica Parker, Chris Penn, Diane, R- Diane Rist, and Joss Lidgo are not dancers. But they've, they've um, like, been in plays, Broadway plays. Um, and, yeah. Um, I'm going to end this segment with one of the things that is also discussed as part of pop culture and it's called i don't know if you've heard of this bell mm. it's called the kevin bacon effect oh no i don't know if i want to hear um, it i've never heard of it it's really weird i don't know go ahead i don't know how to it's 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 like a psychology thing it's not even like anything sexual and weird <laughs> so don't worry <laughs> um <laughs> Um, it's actually made it on his Wikipedia, which I've like tried to read this three times and I still do not understand it properly. Um, so I'm just going to read out what Wikipedia has on this, um, on this little theory of theirs. So the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or (laughs) Bacon's law is a parlor game where players challenge each other to choose an actor and then connect them to another actor via a film that both actors have appeared in together repeating repeating this process to try and find the shortest path that ultimately leads to prolific american actor kevin bacon it rests on the assumption yeah it's crazy it rests on the assumption that anyone involved in the hollywood film industry can be linked through their films that through their film roles um, to Bacon within six steps. The game's name is a reference to six degrees of separation, a concept which posits that any two people on Earth are six or fewer acquaintance, acquaintance links apart. I've heard that. Um, it's I like, haven't. Oh, wow. That's that's interesting. Um, it's like that thing where there, there are six people that look like you kind of thing. Um, I've heard a thing where there's some there's one person right in the world that looks like you. I've heard that. Yeah, but, I mean, I'd love yeah. to meet that person. That would be insane. Um, so he's actually even started a podcast about this. Um, it's called The Last Degree of Kevin Bacon. Um, so... Who I even don't... found that out? Like, how would you even <laughs> discover that? So basically, so... It, here we go. This is the history. So in a January 1994 interview with Premier Magazine, Kevin Bacon mentioned while discussing the film The River Wild that he had worked with everyone in Hollywood or someone who's worked with them. So I think that's the game. Uh, so oh, I see. Okay. Somehow okay. someone that yeah. you know has mm, worked has worked with him. With him. Um mm. um yeah, following this, a lengthy a news group thread, which was headed Kevin Bacon as the centre of the universe, appeared. Four Albright College students invented the game that became known as Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon Bacon after watching two movies featuring Bacon back-to-back, Footloose and the Air Up There. Um, and so, yeah. So during the second, they began to speculate on how many movies Bacon had been in and the number of people whom he had worked with. They wrote a letter to talk show host John Stewart telling him that Kevin Bacon was the centre of the entertainment universe and explaining the game. They appeared on the John Stewart show and the Howard Stern show with Bacon to explain the game. Bacon admitted that he initially disliked the game. Oh my goodness. Because it, he believed it was ridiculing him, but he he eventually came to enjoy it. The three inventors released a book, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, oh, with an introduction written by Bacon. A board game based on the concept was released by Endless Games. 
In the summer of 2012, Google began to offer the ability to find an actor's vacant number on its main page by searching for the actor's name preceded in the phrase vacant number. Really? That is oh, crazy. Gosh. The fact that someone that has actually spent such a time stretch. doing this and creating like creating a game out of this and basically a life like a livelihood it's this is too much um this is oh my goodness i lost too it yeah much for me i don't i lost I it by but the I end mean, i was like oh wait shows no. you how much work he's done that clearly he's worked with everyone in hollywood so there we go kevin bacon yeah. that's interesting because i don't think i've actually seen any of his I don't think movie, I have like as well. Much, he was many in, of his movies. He was in um, Crazy Stupid Love. Is that how we, what it is? Crazy is Stupid that with um, Ryan, um, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone? Yeah, was and Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I haven't seen it, but I remember when it came out. He's yeah. in like a tiny part. I've, I've seen him in different... I've definitely seen him in like so many things. Um, well, the team I about add. Um <laughs> Yeah, is his most. Um, what's the word? His most um, influential on me, <laughs> on my brain. Um, well, yeah, he was in Mystic River. How did I forget that? Anyway, oh, I've seen him in X Men. X Men. He was in. He um, is in X Men. Yeah, first class. He's yeah. in. The, he's like the villain, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. Okay. So then I have seen him and stuff. Anyways. I'm getting way too offended by this. Um, I'm gonna move <laughs> move over to Belle, who's gonna yes. talk us through the music and co. Okay, so going into get getting into the soundtrack. So, um, of course, the movie was released in 1984. So, um, the soundtrack was originally originally released in 1984 with nine songs. And then in 1999, on the movie's mm-hmm. 15th anniversary. The soundtrack was re-released um, with fifth, um, four extra songs, so it made a total of 13. So the four songs that were added was Bang Your Head by Quiet to Riot. The next one was Hurt So Good by John Mellen- Mellencamp. Mellencamp? Mm-hmm. I think it's... I think I've heard that that's name, how John you might Mellencamp, say it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so hopefully I've said it correctly. And then the next one is Waiting for a Girl Like You mm. by Foreigner. And then there's one of the original songs was called Dancing in the Sheets, but they made a remix of mm-hmm. it and then added it to the um, total of 13 mm-hmm. songs. And um, a lot of the songs were composed by two men, um, Eric Carmen and Jim Steinman. Mm-hmm. And two of the um, two of the original well two of the songs won Academy Awards for Best Original Song. So the first one was one of the ones that if you've listened to Footloose or even if you so if you've watched Footloose or even if you haven't you might have had it around, and um, which is the song called Footloose, mm. and um, that was um, that was done by Kenny Loggins and Dean Pitchford. Mm-hmm. And then the other song that was nominated um, for its um, for being the best original song was "Let's Hear It for the Boy," and that was by Dean Pitchford and Tom Snow. Let's hear it for the boys. <laughs> That's a good song. I remember that song. So it is. Yeah, I did actually like the soundtrack for this one. I liked it. So now that was um, that was all. Um, that was all on the soundtrack and now for the script mm-hmm. so um, the main ideas that were tackled in the movie were um, religion physical abuse mm-hmm. which was actually normalised in the movie um, teen culture um, and basically um, the message was that teen culture is um, re- um, just a culture of rebellion mm-hmm. And the other thing was um, dysfunctional family dynamics. So, for example, with religion, we see that. Um, so we see um, religion portrayed in a very negative light, especially um, like um, it looks at a preacher who is basically um, like, as Fee mentioned before, um, 
the the preacher is basically the um he's basically the go-to person for the community and they've basically this um they've like they have a council which he's included mm. in and they've decided that they've um they they've decided to ban things that they think are um well things that are sins basically so dancing drinking music and etc 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 and um physical abuse so we see um two examples of like physical abuse which is um one of them is Ariel, when Ariel's boyfriend hits her and also when her dad hits her but um, I dive more into this a bit later but that you know that was like another thing that was addressed and then well not addressed actually because there's no resolution to it um, we just kind of see it glossed over which I thought was very problematic and then we see um, teen culture mm-hmm. being um, shown as very rebellious um, we hear the backstory of why the yeah um community decided to enforce all these rules which is basically because Mm -hmm. the preacher's son or rather his he's a reverend the reverend's son was involved in a car crash um which was i think they were under the influence and um there was a car crash and he basically um decided with the community that they wanted to ban it because this tragedy had happened which again his reasons for doing it i mean it's your you can't impose like because you've gone through a personal tragedy you can't impose something on a, an entire community like you have to let people live their lives mm-hmm. sensibly without you controlling them that's another thing i get into and also dysfunctional family dynamics so we see um we learned that ren's dad left when he was younger and um we don't actually see much interaction between him as his mum. i mean there's mm-hmm. only one scene where we see like mm-hmm. a real interaction and it's a one-on-one interaction and i did i think i'd say that was that was my favorite scene or one of my favorite scenes because we see i remember prior to that scene which is quite late in the movie i was like oh i don't feel like there's much depth to his character because we just see him as like this kid that's moved to the small town and he wants to dance and i was like like what else is like can we see more to him so i i felt like that was like a nice sprinkle of depth for him mm-hmm. and we kind of learn his backstory so that was um that was good to see yeah because i actually thought with ariel being the lead female character and mm-hmm. him he was more of a prominent character because he was driving um the mm-hmm. um the storyline of like let's let's get the council to basically get rid of this all these rules but i felt like there was more depth to her character even though she was like an accompanying character she wasn't yeah. really like she was a lead she was the lead female but she wasn't like the main a main female character i don't know I if mean, that makes sense i hope i does. see that yeah but, i see where you're coming from I, think, I feel like we learn a bit more about her family dynamics and yeah. like we like we see her family and mm-hmm. how they conduct themselves and her dad and why she is the way she is yeah. and things like that. But with him, I feel like we don't get much. Yeah, I think you just are given this yeah. narrative that he's just put in this place to be like changed or reformed or whatever. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and there's exactly. no elaboration to it. But yeah, I, I get that. No, yeah. no, I agree with that, yeah. Because they could have easily just made her the lead character and not needed him. If they really yeah. wanted to. Ish. I think she's the... I think as a character, she's quite weak and unlikable. I don't know. That's what came across with mm. me. It's because I think this trope of like... um, Like this rebellious daughter of like a, mm-hmm. a preacher man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. she's also... Ugh, the first scene where she's like, on the car and like doing stupid things i'm just like this woman i have no respect anymore like she literally jumps in front of death i don't understand why just to be saved by men i yeah it makes that's another story but i really don't understand yeah so i'm surprised that this was actually seen as a um a romance comedy well i mean because there, there was wasn't definitely much no romance. I mean, if anything, there was teen romance, but it was more of a subplot, and there wasn't any comedy. 
it does slight comedy, but I mean, it's like if a character makes a joke, I wouldn't call the movie a comedy. <laughs> so. I don't think it is. It is. Um, okay, so it's not a rom com. But it's like obviously known as one of the great like rom romance movies. It's called musical drama film. Um, that's, so it's a romantic drama. That's interesting for you because there was a there was somewhere where I saw it seen um shown as a described rather as a romance comedy, and then there was somewhere else where I yeah. saw it described as a musical drama. Mu- no, exactly. So Wikipedia defines it as musical drama. Yeah. But in that's what I think I think the reason why we have this movie on our mm. list is that it is pop like culture wise, I think it's defined as a rom com, mm. even though there are no comedic elements yeah. to it. Um I think it's just kind of put in that category mm. um because it has a hint of romance, which yeah. I don't think. Yeah, that's qualifies. why I was like, I, this is why I don't enjoy this movie. Mm, <laughs> there's yeah. no, yeah, doesn't qualify. I mean, obviously there's teen romance, but I don't think it qualifies as a romantic movie. But there we go. But yeah, I'd say it's more of a teen drama. And mm. um, the. Do you prefer this or Dirty Dancing? Oh gosh. <sighs> What's it? They're both like. Yeah, I feel like they're equally bad. bad, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I... I feel like Dirty Dancing has a few, like, knickknacks, which mm, make it... Interesting. A bit more, like, superior, I guess, but... I mean, the thing is, Dirty Dancing actually has a lot of dancing. Footloose... Yeah. Is... I mean, mm-hmm. you see, like, what, just a couple of scenes, a handful of scenes of dancing. Exactly. Yeah, I just... Um, everyone mm. just breaks out yeah. in dancing. Yeah. Like, at weird moments. And, yeah, and you're like, wait, why? That was so irrelevant. You could have not had that in the movie at all. Like, the scene... Exactly. Like, the scene when he's, like, angry, and he just, like, drives somewhere and dances... And dances. And he's like yeah. smoking and And the fact that and, this is... And I'm like, why was this scene necessary? Yeah. We we didn't need this. The, well, the fact that it's like based... Well, based on such a ridiculous point of contention, which is dancing. I just... Mm. Like, how can you ban dancing and music? I don't know. I think it seems very like Amish. I don't know. Well, yeah, I get into that. But, oh, um, go on, sorry. Oh, no, no, that's fine. But yeah, you raise a good point. But um, yeah, I mean, the teen romance element seems more of a subplot than the actual mm-hmm. force that drives the movie forward. So okay. it just seems like it's just by the way. It's like, oh, there's this guy that's trying to rebel against this community. Oh, and then the girl of yeah. the reverends trying to rebel. Oh, let's make them a couple. And let's have them dance every 15 seconds. Yeah. So it's really <laughs> annoying. so on the surface it seems like it's supposed to be a Mm. dance movie but i feel like the the good takeaway from it is that there's you know there's the moral moral of the story which is that you know the need to control people only just drives them away which i feel like is the bigger plot in Mm -hmm. the of the movie and i think they should have i mean yeah they did focus more on that but yeah that they could have put a bit more dancing in there since it was it seems like it was supposed to be a dance movie. Also, can I just draw yeah. like attention to the fact that there is not one black person in that movie and it is supposed to be 1984? No. Well, I don't I don't think I see any um ethnic like ethnic minorities. See, the thing period. is I would I was going to say that, but I realized ethnic minorities would be in the city after se- after segregation happened. Ah. I'm guessing Right. Not segregation, sorry. That's a poor choice of words. But I think after nineteen eighties, I think minorities were in, like, more predominantly in cities. But right, a la- okay. large majority of southern state is occupied by black people, and there exactly. is not one person. Right. Right. Of yeah, like it's it's ridiculous. 
That's why I was yeah. like, I kind of went yeah, back and I was like, right. is this supposed to be set in like the 1950s? But it's not. It's supposed to be set in the 19... 19- it's interesting because a lot of critics, um, well, quite a, a few critics made the point of saying that it seems like a 19... Like a weird throwback moment to the 1950s. Mm, maybe. So it's interesting maybe. that you say that. It's interesting that you say that, yeah. And I also thought that the storyline was quite yeah. weak. It's basically a movie that's almost two hours long of teenagers trying to petition that the com- um, the council allow them to have a dance um, at their school prom. And that is the whole gist, yeah. basically. And I thought, I mean, I thought there were, there were a lot of stereotypes, but... Um, I was going to say I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised, based, you know, because it was made in the 1980s. So mm. I guess I don't, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. But I mean, we see Christianity portrayed quite like very badly. Yeah. And um, they basically take the angle of this is like, a, you know, this is we're coming from an angle of control mm. which i just thought was a poor choice of like representation yeah because sure. yeah it it just yeah it it poorly re- represented christianity and that is not what christianity is so mm-hmm. it's yeah that was a shame it, i think it and was then, just this whole thing of overdrive like i think it was this whole thing of making religion um like be like the extremities of religion basically i think yeah 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 exactly yeah it was just kind of thrown onto people um yeah yeah. exactly it's like we're imposing our personal views on you and you have to do what we say yeah 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 and then um there's also the stereotype of like we don't trust teenagers you know there was a lot of um a lot of lack of trust and there was this um, there was like a huge idea of all teenagers are reckless all they want to do is smoke drink and listen to obscene music and yeah um i would have liked to see more on ren's relationship with his mum. yeah same. and um yeah yeah i thought um his mum didn't really say much she didn't really play much of a role in his life yeah and yeah i just thought they could have done a lot more with that I mean, they had the time. It was almost two hours. So yeah, I think <laughs> they, both they, they in the movie and some of the scenes with it. Yeah, both in the movie and as characters, she was quite secondary. Even though right. she's the only yeah. person that Very. like knows him properly and stuff, which is mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, I feel like if anything, it should have been as important as the preacher's relationship with his daughter. Yes. Um. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that is a really exactly. interesting point. No, I agree. Yeah. 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 And then moving on, I thought there were there were like quite questionable moments which mm-hmm. I didn't really um I don't I, I just thought it was bizarre. So the the scene where she stands in front of the train and Such an idiot. she's she like starts screaming and it's almost like she's she's playing the damsel in distress and waiting for him to save her. But my main point is after that, after that scene when he does push her out of the way and they're fine, his response is just like very calm and very mellow. They just get up and he's like, I'm taking you home. Like if I would have let the train me, ram her. I just... <laughs> This girl, right, this you're character, going back on the tracks. annoys you so much. She's just so annoying. Um, I would literally just be like, "Go on," like you know, it's those kind of people that are like, "Oh, I'm like really, I'm like ready for anything. I'm ready for death." And then you put yeah. them on the train tracks, and that's like that. They'll be the first one running. Like she's yeah. such a hypocrite. So I would have been like, "Okay, go on, do it." <laughs> I'll watch. But I just. I just didn't... I just thought it was such a strange response. It's I, like, yeah. you've just, like... It It was, like, such a heart... Ra- like, you know, I imagine, like, your hearts would be racing. Like, you, yeah. I thought he'd, like, shout at her or... Like, we never address why she's... We, ne- <laughs> we never address why she's so reckless 
it's yeah it's like, like she's allowed she, to be reckless which i don't yeah in that she just all. has these like random moments of recklessness that Mm-mm. don't make sense exactly she like just does weird things yeah and the responses are very much like oh okay it's just like in the beginning when she stands she's standing in between the two cars and the, the cars are driving and you know there's a track coming towards them there's yeah there's a truck like coming towards them and she's she's just like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and then eventually she gets you know she gets through back in the car through the car window and it's it's like what was the point why what was that i I don't understand why that was there it's so like painful to watch because like she's she's just so dumb there are people in the world that like you know have suffered from really horrible incidents and whatever and i'm sure they're Mm. triggered when they watch something like this I don't yeah, understand why they yeah. kept it in the movie. Like she just this. I really don't like this yeah. character. Like what her name's Ariel. Really don't like her. She's yeah. just so stupid. Like okay, the, her only chip in her armor is yeah, her dad's strict and like there's a very like strict um, household that she lives in. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, she like she doesn't care about it either. Like she. Mm-hmm. you know like she da- like goes and dances which is like the most forbidden thing in that town and like every yeah. night um sleeps with random men apparently that's what it was alluded that she's been mm-hmm. kissed by many or something like that and mm-hmm. yeah she like genuinely doesn't care um so i honestly have no i don't know i don't have any like i don't feel sorry for her in any way i think no, I don't. I, d- I don't think they even paint her in a way that you can feel sorry for her. Yeah, exactly. Her, her, un- like, you know, her actions are selfish. Um, mm-hmm. Very. I feel like we're yeah. sounding really uptight, but really it's not. It's just her, the way she's been portrayed and like, mm. I don't know. I think like if you were in stuck in that really like um, vulnerable position of like completely being oppressed by your father, like she's expressing... I think there are other ways to handle it or like, you know Mm -hmm. what? The courageous thing that she could actually do is run away. If she really was like, you know, really did not like her life there, just run away, go to college, you know, move out there. That's literally what you could do. But if you're staying there, influencing other people to be like you, constantly putting Mm -hmm. yourself in harm's way, just so you'd get i think it also is so that she can get a reaction out of her dad because obviously yeah it's glossed over um she has major daddy issues i'm not even joking she has Mm -hmm. some i don't i really don't like she's like trying to get her dad's attention and attention but also kind of freedom yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I have not nothing else to say on this character. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got one more point, and we can go on to the reception and how how yeah. it was all received. But um, another questionable moment for me was when her boyfriend hits her, and it's never really addressed mm. by anyone. Like re- she sees Ren right afterwards, never addressed. No, her friends don't say anything. Her family don't say anything, and he's beat like she's she visibly looks like she's been beaten by someone exactly and no no one says anything and i'm like i just thought oh why isn't that but if ren touches her or is near her everyone is like oh yeah like why are you near that boy and i just there's someone that's literally hit her and socked her in the eye yeah and i just didn't understand why the script doesn't address that and then i thought is it just was that you know was that just normalized in the 80s was it was domestic violence i guess not of course it wasn't as big of an issue of as course. it is now or rather it was a big yeah. issue it was just it, it just wasn't highlighted as much so i thought it was weird. so i guess it is again it is this whole rural southwest mm. region that like basically follows the church and like yeah not saying obviously that the religion condones this or promotes it but you know it is that whole like um tradition of like you know that whole perception of masculinity mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like men should like tame their women yeah, and children yeah, and blah yeah. blah and bullshit i think it is that that ideology the societal ideology that 
like rubs off on people okay so we're moving on swiftly to the critical reception um so like most of the movies we've looked at there's got very mixed reviews Mm -hmm. um critics either tended to think it was lively and entertaining you know a lot of people described it as a classic which people still class it as now and um, one critic said it didn't try it didn't try to be hip it had a it had and it had a relatively light touch with recognizable human beings on the screen which i thought i thought i thought that like they made the teenagers re- relatable they're like op- being oppressed and they're just wanting to like just like live and you've got like this town and townspeople just like no and they even go to the extent of trying to you know starting this thing of burning school books and stuff and it's like like have a, like you know have a break like give yourself a break have a rest relax chill yeah. out so yeah see i think it's mm. it's interesting that you say that because mm-hmm. you know that reminds me of fahrenheit 451 and i view this society mm-hmm. as the the one that they paint as like so dystopian and it's cr- like it feels I don't know what bo- what dystopian book I'm talking about. I think it's either Brave New World um, mm. that I'm talking about. Um, actually, sorry. Anyways, but like this whole thing of this one person needs to overturn the society and then, you know, stuff no. like that. Um, it really just, yeah. it doesn't even feel like a romance movie. It literally feels like yeah, we're back in time and like... And um, other critics thought it was unoriginal. This, I don't know. So, I, have you seen Flashdance V? Or have you heard of Flashdance? So, Flashdance... Um, oh, I watched it some years ago, but it's I basically... Have. it's No, I don't think a dance, I have. It's a similar dance movie. And it's this girl that... I think she's a mechanic. And then she wants to like dance on stage or something. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. And basically, people thought it was a boy version of flesh dance because okay. flesh dance was in mm-hmm. eight, you know 1983 and this was of course in 1984 and i thought okay. just based on the fact that the storyline mm-hmm. doesn't really go anywhere i just thought i wonder if they just wanted to make a movie because a musical you know slash drama movie was this thing to do then because you've got greece that was made in 1978 you got yeah. fame which was like a big. I don't know. Have you? Did you ever yeah. watch? Have you ever seen? I think I I've thing? watched Fame like very when I was very young. I remember like yeah. certain songs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously the original Fame came out in 1980. I think they yeah. like did a remake a few years. Uh, ago. Yeah. So Steel Magnolias yeah. was also a play that they did. Um, oh. What else? I think Pretty Woman was 1980 something, wasn't it? Also. Mm. And then, yeah, well, I'm sure it was. Pretty Woman was a film first, and then it was into a play. Okay, and um, one of the top critics, um, I'll just read out what he said, which I agreed with. Um, he says Footloose mm. is a seriously confused movie that tries to do three things and does them all badly. It wants to tell the story of a conflict in a town. It wants to introduce some flashy teenage characters. And part of the time, it wants to be a music video. It's possible that no movie with this many agendas can be good. Maybe somebody should have, yeah, maybe some, some, somebody should have decided early on exactly what the movie was supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it, it does seem all over I the agree. place. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that is me done. I have come to the end of... Um, my segment Alrighty, i think we've kind of gone over the the men in the yeah. movie um so let's talk about the women because mm-hmm. they're not talked about often um so yeah how would you i guess how would you define the female relationships in the movie i f- i s- i saw a very weird contrast because the women don't really appear much they don't really say much but what they do say mm-hmm. Um, comes with a lot of wisdom and comes with a lot of um, mm-hmm. oh what's the word I'm looking for 
um and they tend to be yeah they tend to be the voice of reason a lot of the time but at the same time they don't really say much they don't really do much they don't really appear much yeah but when they do talk the little that they do say is received well and it's um yeah it's a voice of reason and it's a voice of wisdom it's the voice of wisdom because we see um the scene where he's with his um ren is speaking with his mom for the first i mean the first and only time we see him with his mom and that's the time when yeah. we actually see him become vulnerable and feel like he can express himself and his mom's encouraging him and she's yeah. like the only adult figure that seems to be um you know wanting to encourage him and um help him see things through um and then also we've got ariel's mm-hmm. mom who is obviously the reverend's wife and she she basically disagrees with the reverend's decision to ban everything and when we do see her speak yeah. we see that like she she wants things to be just but she wants there to be balance so it's like don't you know she mm-hmm. doesn't agree with the whole extremist point of view of let's ban everything but on the same on the um mm-hmm. at the same time she also thinks the teenagers could, should have you know their freedom and be able to make their choices and um yeah yeah so i thought it's it's hard because then we've got a character like ariel who is very reckless she's portrayed as very um not having many like many um you know she she seems to be someone that's got low self-esteem um is very reckless in her behavior so it's i feel like we see two sides we've got the mature women who are you know seen positively and then you've got her who is obviously the lead and female character so we see her as like portrayed quite negatively yeah but what Mm. um what are your thoughts i mean i think i would agree with you i think like Mm. yeah i like i because i think of the society that they've built the women aren't as important as Mm -hmm. the men and even like obviously when um when they like discuss about like his dad leaving at a young age and stuff there's like no importance given Mm -hmm. to the fact that she's raised him on his own she's like carried it like forward um that's yeah and just like the focus the lack of focus on that like relationship as well um the yeah i guess the moms aren't really like there because they are under this control of like the men as well um Mm -hmm. so there's no kind of like heartwarming mother-daughter relationships i would say um even the women like amongst each other like can shut each other down like especially in that like scene where that woman like stands up and then um uh diane wist's character is like 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 shut up like basically sit sit down and the fact that she has the power and can do that um is yeah is like i mean that's also like cool and like in like that's kind of progressive and where we like we are kind of as viewers like finding there's like a silver lining but yeah i think i think as female characters like there was not one female character that really like I don't know that just stuck to me or like what wasn't inspiring at all I think um I think yeah like the review said I think they really really tried to like sell each part or like put so many aspects of the movie that they forgot to um they forgot to focus on their characters which leaves the story so weak because the characters aren't strong on their own um exactly yeah and yeah i think even like with ariel and her friends like her friends are are, like supporting of the of her like idiocies to a certain extent um and like i like that dynamic where they're like where they will look at like look out for each other because they're like you know doing rebellious things or like are rebellious together and stuff um but still it's not as strong as we've seen in other movies um especially if we're going to no, compare it in terms not. of decades especially there's like no significant relationship like dirty dancing for example Rem- like with peg uh, right yeah penny with or peggy? Um, peggy and baby yeah and baby yeah penny penny, penny and, and baby, baby yeah. sorry and it's yeah. like that kind of relationship like mm. i would have loved to see that in this movie um 
and there just wasn't there just wasn't enough there wasn't strong female characters there were female characters but they just weren't strong no. and it's like I don't know whether it's because of the basis of this movie because it's supposed to be a man's world or it's supposed to be um, a projection of like oh this is bad like this is bad like being a single mother is bad also like in certain ways Um, so yeah I don't, I don't know yeah yeah don't know i agree feel. with that i agree with that yeah it's very mixed it's very strange it's very mixed but i think i genuinely just don't like this movie and i think um like i think what we said before as well like it, this is literally a nostalgic movie and i think that's why it's gotten such a positive feedback in some respects mm-hmm. and why people think it's well people like associate it as such a like massive culture phenomenon is because it represents the 80s um and it's like one of the first like not one of the first but one of the musical dramas that are like um are like so iconic and like well the dance moves but there's no dance moves here like they don't dance they just all jump around um so i fail to see that um but other than that i really don't yeah i don't know i think for me i Really did not enjoy watching this movie. No. Um, I think out of out of um all the movies, it was one of the um one of the movies I thought was quite dull. Mm-hmm. Same. It doesn't it doesn't keep you interested. But then I think again, this might come because we're not we didn't grow up around that time or like mm. maybe because we we I think are basing our judgment on what we've seen in the 2000s which is a slightly i say i guess very, yeah i see what you mean like slightly evolved and like better production and better storylines better characters um but yeah i think this like for me this movie was the bottom of the barrel and i don't know mm. there we go we're not movie aficionados there we go but there we we're just this yeah. is our rating um so let's move on to the ratings okay yes so i would rate this a uh, i'm gonna give it a one mm-hmm. one out of five i think this is like the lowest school so far for yeah me. one out of five yeah i don't think it really did i don't think it achieved what it thought it achieved yeah same i think yeah. it's just also i think what about you yeah. fee I mean, I'm going to give it the same. I'm going to give it a 1 out of 5. I was going to say 0. Oh, 0.5, okay. but I don't think I can be that harsh. Um, but then again, there's not one thing that I did enjoy about this movie. No, can't think I of I mean, thing. I like the soundtrack. That's one yeah, thing. Yeah, the soundtrack. Okay, maybe the soundtrack then. Yeah, a point for the soundtrack. Mm. Other than that, nothing. Not saying that the cast or anything were bad. It was just, I think the story was just too all over the place mm-hmm. and you just couldn't follow through and not you couldn't follow through it was just like trying to like tie everything up but there's like so many gaps i guess um which yeah. really is off-putting i guess yeah. to this experience like speaking of gaps speaking of gaps i feel like they could have gone into a, a more detail about her brother and maybe her yeah. relationship with her brother had, yeah. you know, the family dynamic when her brother was alive, just to give us an idea of what he was like, yeah. and you know why, you know, it's almost like he's a he's such a base. I mean, basically, the whole movie is based off the fact that he's passed away. So it was, yeah. I think it would have been good to address him as a character a bit more yeah definitely you know there we go yeah righty oh so that is the end of today's episode um Mm -hmm. sorry i'm just gonna see what film we're going to do next um oh i can tell you oh it will be yeah the notebook notebook. ladies and gents i've never watched that i'm excited about that one i've always i feel like this might get my highest score oh okay okay i think yeah it's it's a good movie it's a good i I watched it years ago but yeah it's a good movie and i think it's it's um yeah it's it's good 
I think you'll like it. Okay. I'm and gonna... I think our um our um our listeners will be um will enjoy it as well. That is great. Um mm. So yeah, guys. Um we'll see you next week. Please come prepared and mm-hmm. watch the notebook. Um I'm sure a lot of you will enjoy doing that. Um I'll watch I'll be watching it for the first time, so it'll be interesting. Um mm. Any parting thoughts, Belle? Um, no, I just think, um, just... <laughs> I'm like, if anyone can explain the Kevin Bacon Six Degrees to me, I would love that. I would love if someone can explain the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, because I still don't understand it. Um, so if you can explain that, let us know on our Twitter at FlickTalkPod. Or our Instagram, which is the same username at Flick Talk, talk Flick Talk, at Flick Talk Pod. <laughs> they know what um, you're saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm going crazy today. I have not been able to speak well. Um, our Gmail is at Flick Talk Podcast, the number one at gmail.com. So send us questions, queries, or opinions. Only nice ones appreciated. Um, and aside from that I would just say take care stay safe we're still in lockdown don't get any ideas Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah with that I shall bid you adieu yeah well love you and leave you guys thank you so much for joining once again and we look forward to having you next week take care Bye. bye